Among my people, we carry many such words as this from many lands, many worlds. Many are equally good and are as well respected. But wherever we have gone, no words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Online Friends Simulator, because everyone can use a friend, even online. I am Francis, a.k.a. The Other Guy, and I am the friendly voice to help let you know you're not alone in this increasingly lonely and unfriendly world. And it just makes me so sad that 80-plus episodes in, I can still say that. I've been doing this for a few years now, and... Maybe it's age, maybe it's experience, maybe it's the internet, but for some weird, out-of-this-world reason, there is so much more hostility and so much more... Mm, I don't know what it is, but there is a divide. And I feel like it is that much harder to make friends now. And it is that much harder to find people who can relate to you. I mean, I see it online. And I know, and I, and I always preface that with, like, I know it's a percent of, percent of a percent. But if, if someone's feeling it there who's online, there's someone feeling it offline, right? There's someone out there feeling it pretty harshly. And it just saddens me to no end. Like, it really does. That we are still in this position where we can say, oh, you know what? You're, there are not a lot of good friends out there. Um, and I guess there isn't. You know, maybe there isn't. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a little less... I, I, I'm low maintenance, I guess you can say. I don't need much from my friends, really. I've learned to kind of navigate the world by myself. I've learned to face my struggles by myself. I learned to, I just learned to be able to accommodate for things that, that maybe I expect from my friends. I kind of just don't. And so maybe that's what makes me a little bit different, but I do understand. I, I have felt like I wish I could reach out. And sometimes I feel like there's no one whom I feel comfortable reaching out to. And I hope the simulator is a place where you feel like, oh, well, I'm not alone in this world. I, there's other people who feel the way I do, that there are people who struggle the way I do. So I ask, how are you? How are you doing? Like genuinely. You know, it's funny. We say that as a greeting nowadays, <laughs> right? Like we just go up to say, I, I do it. Actually, I, I'm, I am a person who does it. I go to places or if someone comes to my work, place of work, I'm like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And I don't expect them to spill their life story. I don't expect them to share with me their thoughts or feelings or the distress and it's almost sad how a genuine request of wanting to know how someone is 
emotionally, physically, mentally, that it devolved into kind of just like a hi, hi, like a hello, like a form of greeting. Now, of course, it's been like that forever. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We've been doing this for ages. But it's it'd be nice if someone... Uh, like you know, and I, I I know maybe you don't want to say such things to me online or, or on email or through voicemail or whatever. I I get it. I understand. I I appreciate if you, if you're one of those folk who who needs someone in person or needs someone there to 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 ask you how you're doing to open up. I get it. I get it. Again, I see it online. I see it. Uh. I kind of see it in person. I, I don't interact with enough people to say I see it in person, but I do know online I see it everywhere. You know, there's a lot of people reaching out, a lot of people looking for companionship, a lot of people looking to connect, and and yeah, I, I don't know. I I hope the simulator's a bridge. I hope the simulator is a uh, a, per, a a way or a means to encourage those of you out there who are feeling lonely to reach out. I really do. If not to me, but to somebody, I think that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I know it can be tough. It can be difficult because life, life is just, <laughs> like I said, it's sad that I can continue to say that we're in living in an unfriendly world because geez Louise, like it's, it's feeling that way still. You know, not in person so much. I actually feel in person it's easier as long as you're open-minded. <laughs> because I have definitely encountered people whom I feel would rub a lot of Twitter folk the wrong way, uh, you know, no matter where you stand. Like, I've met both sides, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to kind of, if you're in my position where you're like, I'm not here to pick a fight. I'm not here to be self-righteous. I'm not here to be better than anyone. All I want to do is just, again, connect with folk and hear their stories and understand where they're coming from. And and I hope I accomplish that, um, not just with others, but with you folk listening right now. All right. Uh, just a quick, you know, like, what's up with me? Um, yeah, it's been a few weeks since uh, I, I have come back from Mexico City. I can breathe, I breathe a whole lot better <laughs> ever since I came back. I have so much more energy. I'm able to do so much more. Man, did Mexico City just kick my butt. Like, it just put me to the floor. So I'm really happy that I'm just like, oh, I have energy again. Oh, I'm like, I don't feel like... Uh, a slob or I don't feel like I'm falling over myself, which I kind of did over there. So um, if you're going to go again, give yourself some time to get used to the place. Cause man, I did not give myself any time to get used to it and just jump headfirst into, into the abyss. All right. I, I don't know if I can make a full uh, simulator on this topic, but I do want to thank Anthony Lister's mate for providing the topic for uh, today's episode. And like I said, I, I don't know if I can, um, I feel like I've talked about this before. Um, and I'll see where it goes. I did not plan specifically for this because, uh, I like 
free flow of thought. I, I feel we're most honest when we allow our thoughts to just kind of go without it being prepared. Because then, then you start doubting yourself, right? Then you start really thinking twice about things. Um, so technically, every time I record an episode, it's like a live show, right? I don't have a chance to correct myself or, um, you know, edit, edit. I mean, I will edit it to some degree, but like, oh, I said something weird. Well, that's probably what I meant or that's how I mean, what I feel deep down sometimes, maybe. Or or I made a mistake and like I genuinely make, you know, say the wrong thing. Well, at least it's, it's pure, it's raw, it's real. So... Uh, let's go ahead and uh, play the second, uh, the, I guess, the topic soundbite. Spock, sabotage the system. I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. All right. Here we go. So we're going to talk about rejection. Rejection. Wow. That's a... Uh, like I said, I feel like I talked about it before, but maybe I talked about it briefly or uh, or in passing. But that, that's a really heavy topic, isn't it? Because rejection is a potential consequence of us, of us, <laughs> uh, of of people who take risks, right? Because what what is it really? What is um, rejection? And 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 the specific topic is is the fear of rejection a rational or irrational fear? So. Let's just talk about rejection first before we talk about whether it's a fe- whether the fear of it is rational or irrational. Um, anytime we step out of our comfort zone, we have the potential to be rejected, whether it's for a job, whether it's for a relationship, whether it's for it's for, for a friendship, whether it's hell if it's uh, you know um, for I don't know for freebie at the local Costco. I mean, there's always the potential, I guess, technically for rejection. The moment we let it, let ourselves step out of our comfort zone, and for everyone, the comfort zone is a little bit different, right? Um, and for everyone, the acceptance of rejection is obviously different. But reject, but stepping out of our comfort zone, for the most part, especially if you're an introvert like me, is talking to people, is um. Uh, interacting with people something that i don't do quite at all ever really if you think about it i don't i don't do it i don't do it at conventions i don't do it in real life i have a tendency to just kind of keep to myself unless i already know you right so for me rejections at an all-time low i don't actually get rejected very often because i don't allow myself to be put in situations where i get rejected except for again when i'm looking for work or like trying to find a place to live or um, getting a loan or getting a bank account or whatever, like the, anything where kind of there, there's a lot of stuff again where you can potentially get rejected from, denied. I mean, what is rejection? Denial, right? That's you're denied something. And I get denied about st- stuff all the time. <laughs> so I guess I do get rejected a lot. But I mean, <laughs> I guess socially I don't get rejected a lot because I don't really put myself out there. I don't. Like when, for instance, right? Let's do the dating because that's kind of the one that most people um, relate to, right? That's one that people can understand. So, for a very brief moment in time, I I did the the dating apps, whether it be Tinder or Facebook dating. I kind of mentioned in a previous episode where I went and put myself out there, and my very first experience. Uh, talking to somebody 
on Facebook dating ended up to uh, me being blocked, um, which was a really, really weird experience because all I, I think all I said was hello, which is uh, the worst thing you can do uh, on dating apps because it's boring and it doesn't make you interesting and women get all sorts of hellos all the time. So it took me a couple of tries before I realized, oh, if you're going to talk to a woman on a dating app, you have to be interesting. You know, read their profile, ask them about something that's in their profile, ask them about what's going on in their life or, or, or relate to something that they've discussed in that description, you know. Don't just compliment them because they get compliments all the time. But, you know, the, the, when, you're, when you're a man in a dating app world, you're getting rejected all the time. You just don't know it, right? Because a lot of these apps are swipe left, swipe right, you know, reach out, et cetera, et cetera. And oftentimes you're being rejected anyway, right? You, you rarely match because a lot of the women on there are rejecting you based on your looks, based on your personality. Again, I didn't really write much as a, of a profile at the time, so I wasn't really surprised. I didn't take the dating app world seriously. So I got rejected. And it hurt. It sucked. It sucked. Um, mostly because you, you feel as time progresses, especially on these dating apps, that the potential for finding uh, a, a suitable partner gets smaller and smaller, and you feel less and less of a man as a result, or a woman if you're being rejected by you know uh, on your end, of course, or whatever. Like you just feel less of you because more and more people are kind of denying you and going somewhere else. And it's a terrible feeling. And I think that's why most people give up on dating apps and and dating websites. Because there's a lot of people who keep trying and trying and trying. And it leads nowhere. And it's worse for... And look, it's worse for women, really. Because uh, men aren't as easy to, to reject, really, as women are. Because women... I mean, let's face it, they have the crown. <laughs> they are the they are the you know, the person who determines whether or not you are worthy of their attention. And that may sound a little pretentious or whatever, but it's true, right? Like a woman, if they find you interesting, will allow you into their good graces and allow you into their more intimate world. Like you'll be able to have more and more of a conversation with them. You'll be able to learn more and more about them. There'll be a better exchange. Um, but if a woman's not interested, oftentimes they'll give you one word answers or they'll, you know, reply every two days or something. Right. Or whatever, whatever the reason is, and, you know, and everyone has a life and sure, maybe that's the reason why it's taking them so long. But if they're interested, the thing is, if they're interested, they will make the effort. People will make the effort if they are interested in you. They will put in the effort if they are attracted to you. So in the so in the dating world, rejection is just that much more harsh. Right. And so for me, I did have a fear. I did develop a fear of, reje- of rejection over time because you can only be rejected so often and just feel like complete poo. <laughs> like what is, you know, you're, 
your your own vision of self worth kind of goes down because well wait a minute I'm I think I'm a nice guy or I think I'm with this guy. and I know yes the nice guy trope sure I mean look I don't know <laughs> I I don't know I, 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 but you, you know you you try to think highly of yourself is, is what I'm trying to say like you try if you have good self esteem you normally think of yourself as as a particularly good person right you don't you don't necessarily feel like um, you're so flawed that no one would want you right. So that's why we developed the fear of rejection because we do have this this level of self-worth and this level of self-esteem that has developed over time because of one thing or another, right? Because people accepted us, people did deny us, people accepted who we are, people accepted us into their bosom, <laughs> so to speak. And so we uh, i guess we don't i guess when when, when our our self esteem is at its at its highest when we are at our highest self worth the fear of rejection is small but as that gets whittled away our fear of rejection grows and and we get more and more scared to step out of our comfort zone and more and more scared to ask someone out or to ask if they can be our friend or to you know, do certain things like we we just continue to develop due to negative reinforcement this this idea that we cannot be who we are, we cannot be ourselves, and there's and 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 then at some point maybe even think there's something wrong with us of of who we are, right? That's what rejection kind of does, I think. Is after a while, after enough rejection. You begin to think, well, wait a minute, the common denominator to all this rejection, the common denominator as to why whatever, X, Y, and Z, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm the issue. What about me? Which again, I really emphasize self-reflection. I really emphasize like understanding you and understanding the, you know, like, and and, and, and that's tough. I, I, I make it seem like it's so easy. Like, oh, just look at yourself, look at what you do and how it affects other people and, and, and be empathize and empathize and see how your actions would feel if they were coming from someone else. And, 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 you know, not everyone kind of sees this in, in, in the same lens as, as, as I do. So maybe that's not the best way of doing things, but, but I still think it is a really good way of, again, kind of assessing yourself and making yourself better and improving yourself because, if you look at your, if you try to look at yourself objectively, and that's really tough. I'm, I'm telling you all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's so easy to do look at yourself objectively. Nah. Man, or is it subjectively? God, I can't. I always get those two mixed up. But if you look at yourself in a way <laughs> that is unbiased, and that's really tough to do. But it's like, okay, what did I do? Oh, I see. I did this. I did that. I, I. I'm the kind of person who reflects on the things that I'm embarrassed about. Like, I, I remember there was this girl. Oh, my God. It was in college. And I was really attracted to her. And I was just saying all the wrong things. And I was getting a little obsessive. And I was getting – I was scaring this person. And I didn't know it at the time because I was, you know, being creepy and weird. And and I, I can admit that because I understood. I, I had to I had to step back and be like, well, why did they reject me? Why did they step away from me? And it's like, oh, it's because I was creepy and weird, and because you were desperate, 
you know, because I, I, well, I was desperate. Like I was super desperate at the time and I really wanted this person's affections because I found them attractive and that's creepy and weird when you get desperate and like, Oh, it's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. And so I learned like, okay, relax, dude, (laughs) be a normal human being. Don't be desperate, you know, be like a regular person and not, um, scare people away. And I didn't after after a while I didn't. I mean again, I I got I, I had previous relationships. I'm in a relationship now. I, I'm not I hope I'm not creeping away <laughs> my current girlfriend. Maybe she's creeped out, I don't know. Uh I don't think she is. Cuz I think she she she's someone she's the kind of person who would tell me and, and probably um kick me in the kick me in the in the gonads if I were being weird to her. But no. I think there's we have genuine affection t- towards each other and whatever. Anyway, I don't know why I'm justifying all that stuff. I just I just think it's weird that I confessed that I was a weirdo for a little while. But I think we all get that way, like in the movies, right? Like if you look at them, if you look at romantic comedies, especially teen comedies, right? There's always that guy who's like, oh, you know, they act stupid, and then they have to correct themselves. Right, and then they get better. They grow as a person, and I grew as a person. I didn't, and I stopped acting stupid, and I started acting like a normal human being. So it is possible to step away from being a weirdo to being a a a normal functioning adult, so to speak, whatever normal and functioning is. Right. So rejected. So fear of rejection, rational and irrational fear. Now that we've kind of established rejection, especially in the dating dating world, even in the friendship terms, again, you can get rejected from being friends because I, I, there was this one person, oh my gosh, uh, many years ago, whom I tried to be friends with because I thought they were cool, but they had no time for me. <laughs> right? They're like it was it, it was another dude, you know, cool dude, hip dude, but they had no time, which is cool, which is fine. I got rejected from a friendship. But, like, I just thought they were cool. I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. But, you know, they were a little full of themselves and they, they didn't have whatever. Um, and so it happens. It happens in all gamuts and in, in all aspects of our lives. We just get rejected. And I feel fear is rational because it's a survival mechanism, right? Why do we want to continue to subject ourselves to rejection? You know, I think fear of rejection isn't immediate like if you've never been rejected before i don't think fear of rejection just manifests itself and there it is i feel a fear of rejection oftentimes develops over a lot of rejection right there's i don't think it's irrational to to fear that to fear that you know to fear rejection because we want to be and i shouldn't say that it's over time i think just even a couple times can get you afraid of rejection because especially if, if the person you're being rejected by is important enough to you, right? If they mean something to you, that could really hurt. And so we get afraid because we don't want to, we want to survive again, survival mechanism. We don't want to continue to hurt our egos and we don't want to continue to hurt our self esteems. So we don't try anymore, right? Because of that fear. Because we don't know what it's going to do to our 
mental health. We don't know what it's going to do to our self-esteem. We don't. Because there'll be a time where we'll meet somebody or we'll want that perfect job. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Am I good enough for this job? Am I good enough for this person? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? That's the, the thought that goes through your head when you're, when you're afraid. It's like, well, will they just deny me this thing that I want? Whatever it may be. Will I get denied? I've been denied before. I've been denied several times. Therefore, I know that denial is possible. I know it's more of a possibility than, than not because it's already happened in the past. Again, once bitten, twice shy. So that fear develops. We build that fear. Now, again, it is, I feel it's rational. But rational does not mean good, I guess. Right? Because the problem with the fear of rejection is, as rational as it may be, again, it's our self-preservation that's kind of coming through when we start fearing it. That's what fear is. We, we fear bears, right? We fear lions because we want to stay alive. Same thing, rejection. We want to, we, we value our mental health. Therefore we fear it be the rejection part because we don't want to hurt ourselves. But this is, that's the problem because the moment we let give into that fear is the moment we, uh, we don't allow opportunity we don't allow the chance of something good to happen, right? Because fear of rejection versus fear of a lion or a bear. Again, lion or bear, your life is gone. But if you get rejected again, you don't necessarily die. You know, you don't, you don't, your life doesn't, you're not getting mauled by a vicious beast. <laughs> if you, you know, like, Again, I have a fear of deep water. I have a fear of heights. Be and all of that is mostly, again, self-preservation of life. And again, I've also had the fear of rejection, self-preservation of, of my own mental health. But I also knew and know that we have to break through that fear. We have to allow ourselves to break through that fear, kind of steal ourselves and build... I don't want to say build a resistance to the rejection, even though some people do. But the moment we give in is the moment we don't allow ourselves the chance for something good to happen. The potential, right? Because I'm not going to guarantee you that the moment you start like not fearing rejection is like everything good is going to happen to you. No, you know, that, 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 that would be, uh, I'd see, I feel that would be un unwise to just be like, yeah, just, just. Uh, stop fearing it and all the good things will happen to you. No, that's not necessarily true. Well, we have to work through that fear. We have to work through it. We have to, which, which I'm not equipped to kind of tell you how to do really. Right. Cause I was able to work through it in my own way. And everyone has their own way of working through the fear. What helped me work through the fear kind of was, going to conventions with friends and putting myself in situations where there was a lot of potential for rejection. The funny thing was 
And the funny thing is, is that I didn't care during those times. And what does that mean? Like, oh God, I'm just, it's like, I'm jumping around here a little bit in my own head because I, I, I was able to get past my fear of rejection because I was with somebody and my fear disappears when I have people around me, whether it's fear of socializing, fear of stuff. Again, that's all part of the fear of rejection thing. That stuff went away because I'm able to feed off the energy and, and kind of know that I have a safety net in the friends that I have around me. And when I have that safety net, I feel so much more comfortable talking to people. I remember when I was a teenager, again, super shy, don't talk to anybody. All of my friends were made through my other friends. Like I, I made friends in, in junior high couldn't help it. We, I, I went to a really tidy school. Our, our classes were really small. So you had no choice but to make friends um, because you're in classrooms of 10, 15 people, right? And that was your entire class. That was your, that was your grade. <laughs> it was like 15, 15 people. And so I made those friends. And then I went to public school in high school. And all of these friends that I made in high school were kind of accidental, Either they wanted to talk to me because I, I, I reminded them of someone else. Excuse me, I have the hiccups. I looked like another kid at that school, so people talked to me and, and like befriended me. And then my other friends made friends, and I made friends with their friends. So I'm, that's mostly how it worked. Same thing as I with my last, you know, my ex, uh, my ex-wife. When we were in a relationship, I made friends with her friends. Uh, you know, I had a couple of friends, but I mostly made friends with her friends, and and she kind of made, yeah, and vice versa, I guess. But that's how I did it: was being able to share that energy with somebody else, being able to share that energy with another person. That's how I was able to make friends. And when I was in high school, go to go back to the story, I was in high school, and in college, I had a best friend. We were kind of inseparable. And whenever we were around each other, I had the confidence of, like, an Adonis, right? Like, I could talk to anybody, anywhere. I was fine with everything. Like, I was able to flirt. I was able to do anything because, guess what? I had a best friend who was uh, my safety net. Now, mind you, it didn't always work out. 99% of the time it didn't work out for me and more worked out for him because he was the good looking one and I was the goofy weird one so it always worked out for him than for me for instance this is the story I should have told this is going to tell you uh, never mind so here's the story I should have told he and I used to go to Vegas a lot my best friend and I used to go to Vegas a lot we didn't make a lot of money but didn't matter we liked Vegas. We love Vegas. We love gambling. We just love the atmosphere of Las Vegas. So I would say for about a year, we would just drive over to Vegas, stay for a weekend, do a little bit of gambling, you know, and just hang out on the strip. And that's what we did. We usually stayed for maybe a night or two, right? Well, one night we're at the, I think we're like at the MGM or the, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We're at this, you know, one of the nicer hotels, one of the nicer casinos. And on the second floor, there was this dance floor slash bar where my buddy knew the bartender. And 
he was kind of eyeing these two girls who were sitting in front of us watching the dance floor, watching people dance. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that's cool. And he just kind of mentions it out of nowhere. And then he goes out and he's like, you know what, I'll be right back. I'm going to go gamble. If I were by myself, I would have done anything. First off, I wouldn't have noticed him. I would have been doing something else. I've been to Vegas by myself. I like to just kind of walk around, eat, and do a few slot machines, and that's pretty much it. With him, though, it was table games and all that stuff. But he went out to play some blackjack and lose some money. And I sat up there by myself at the bar, non-drinker, just kind of chilling. And I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? (laughs) So I go up to these two girls. And I say, hi, how's it going? What's up? Just waiting for my buddy. You know, you join, you like enjoying yourself. And I, I, I ran out of, after like three sentences, I ran out of things to say. It's like, you mind if I just sit here and hang out with you guys? They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Then my buddy comes up and looks at me incredulous that I'm sitting with these girls. And he comes by and he lays on the charm. So the night was all about him and this one girl. The other girl, the friend, was stuck with me, and she was not interested in me in what's in any way, shape, or form. And I and I was just kind of like doing it for him. So I just we just kind of watched these two flirt and make out and like get drunk together. It was a really weird experience. But what I'm trying to say is, is that I put myself out there for him mostly, but I stepped out of my comfort zone because I felt like, hey, I have my my best friend here. If worse comes to worse, I know I can fall on him and he'll drag me out or vice versa, which I normally had to drag him out. But that's my point. It's like sometimes you need that person. You need that wingman. You need that that other person who can help you feel more comfortable in situations where you can step out of your comfort zone and maybe not fear that rejection. Because, again, I think it's totally normal. I think it's totally normal. I think that's why the vast majority of people online that I see, vast majority, a lot of dudes online that I see who are going their own way, who are kind of um, rejecting women, right, in the dating scene, people in the forever alone, all those guys and girls, um, in the forever alone at least, they don't think there's women going their own way. Maybe there is. I don't know what it's called. Or maybe I do and I just forgot it. I don't know. Anyway, they're all doing their own thing because at some point they fear rejection. At some point, the fear of rejection got so big they don't, don't, that they don't try anymore. That they don't want to try. That, the, that, the, I, that the, the fear outweighs the opportunity. That the, the fear outweighs the benefit. And for some people, that works. I think that's fine for some people because, it, it, again, uh, for a lot of those people are going their own way. They're 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 self reflective. They're they're you know they're building themselves up. They're improving themselves. They're making themselves their lives better or whatever. Right? You know, they're just doing it for them. Even if they live their life by themselves with the rest of their lives, never having a, a companion, they're perfectly fine with it. Um, well, I don't know if they're fine with it. I actually secretly think that they're not fine with it. Um, that that they seek that again and, and I think to, to them the fear is just greater than the 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 benefits or the opportunity, so they just kind of like well forget it I'll just go this just do this that that's my theory I have no idea maybe they're awesome I, I don't know I, I I don't know any of them 
personally. But if that's the path they go, oftentimes they're again self improving. They're they're growing as individuals, and maybe as a result, we'll just serendipitously find somebody if they are still looking for a relationship or looking for friends or whatever. And again, oftentimes they're just developing themselves to make those friends, make those connections, make those, um, you know, those bonds in a completely different way. That could be your path, you know, to each their own. Very much to you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do. All I'm telling you is that. Don't let the fear get to you. As rational as it may, I don't think it's irrational. I really don't think it's rational. Because, again, we want to preserve our own brains. We want to preserve our own hearts in any way, shape, or form. And so we don't do it. But 20 minutes in, or however long it took me to say all this stuff, I still feel like, hey, take a minute... Look at your life. Look at yourself. Talk to other people. What did they say? And, and, and then put yourself out there again. Whatever it is. So, you know, Anthony, if you're willing to tell me, I'd like to know, what, what, what are you re- fear, what's the fear of rejection? Is it a job? Is it relationships? Is it friendships? Because, again, it could be anything. I, I'm not going to – I don't want to assume that I know what it is that you are what part of it you're afraid of what what rejection you're afraid of specifically but you know like like for me for instance for me like looking for work right if i look for work man do i get rejected from a lot of places uh there's been plenty of times where i'm like i think i should probably find a new job and i, and I start applying for work or whatever and i'm like and 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 then i just wait for those emails that say oh we found someone better <laughs> oh we found someone better and better like the worst rejection was I made it, it's like 4,000 applicants to this really, really good job. 4,000 applicants for like this, uh, this state job, right? And I made it into like the top 60. And it was the final interview. And I'm like, I nailed it. There's no way they're going to reject me. There's no way they're going to deny, deny me. I, I was awesome. I made them laugh. You know, there's some good jokes. There was there was some bonding. Like there was some connection there. And then I got the uh, well, we found someone better. <laughs> it's just a ter- oh, it's just such a terrible email to get. It's like oh yeah, by the way, you suck. We found someone better than you. Which is what pretty much what 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 those rejection letters say, right? That that's what it means when you're looking for work. Or um, better yet even for something a lot more frivolous is like press for conventions. Like back in the day, I would always apply for press, no matter what the convention was like, okay, I'm press uh, because I have a website that I are in a podcast where I talk about conventions and pop culture stuff. Tap, 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 tap. And they're like, uh, yeah, you're not IGN or, Kotaku or whatever, like you, you, we, we, we kind of sneeze in your general direction because you're just one of those lowly, um, small time podcasters, bloggers, whatever. It's like, oh, okay, that sucks, right? But it's so much more. It's just it's such a much. The stakes are so much lower when it's something like that. It's like, oh, but it still hurts. It still hurts. I mean, I tell you, it's it's not a fun feeling. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad I, I, um, 
I also think, I think all in all, though, sometimes, so sometimes I feel that the best way to get over a fear is to kind of not do the thing that is causing the fear. So if it's asking, if it's the dating app thing, for instance, stop using dating apps. Just to stop. Let love find you organically. I mean, again, I, that's kind of what I've always wanted in, in my life when I do, when I did a Geek Love Radio, I was like, Oh, I, I know there's dating apps. I know that there's um, speed dating. I know that there's these 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 um, these devices and these um, or you know these things that allow you kind of a, a an easy path towards meeting new people and uh, meeting like-minded people who may be interested in what you're interested in, a la dating, a la relationships, and that you're given these opportunities and you're given these outlets to where you can go ahead and find these people. And and personally to me, I feel like, yeah, that works for some people. It, it takes a certain type of personality type. It takes a certain type of, of a person to kind of work in those environments. Um, I've always been a proponent of like, Meet these people organically. That's how I met all of my relationships was organically, right? Whether it be in person or online, whether it be friend or or, or girlfriend, it was always, I, I feel the best relationships I've made were done organically. And the ones where it was kind of done mechanically through an app or through a website, um, where the sole intention is to find a person that is that you can date or or whatever that it didn't quite work out because you're kind of you're kind of invested in it now you're kind of forced in it now like the reason why dating apps suck is is because you're now invested in making something work because you put time and effort into it and, and you did all this scrolling and you spent hours like liking, disliking, perfecting your profile, making the right pictures, et cetera, et cetera. When it becomes more organic and more serendipitous, it's like, well, yeah, the, 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 the pressure to make it work is more natural, right? Because there is a, you know, there's an attraction or a connection there that that just kind of developed on its own as opposed to uh, through an app where it's, again, developed more mechanically. <laughs> and again, where you feel like you have to make, you don't have a choice, you have to make it work. While, yes, if you find yourself in a relationship organically, you want, you then, you don't have to make it work. You want to make it work, you know. You don't need it to work because of all the time and effort you put into it. You, you know, you want it to work. You, you, you've, you've developed um, mutual, uh, almost stakes in it. And, and I think that's the thing, right? I, I think that's, that, that's the, uh, the biggest problem with online dating, I think, is, is there's too much of this artificial. It's too artificial, and therefore it's too... Um, but again, people found love and 
marriages and romance that way. So more power to them. Again, it takes a, I feel it takes a certain type of, of personality or a certain type of person to kind of be able to really make those connections work. While it, for me, I'm too wrapped up in like, well, I'd, I'd rather it come from out of nowhere and, and something that um, is more um, uh, again, serendipitous. So I don't know. I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I'm an idiot. All right. Look, I, I I rambled enough for this to be in a complete episode. Uh, no comments, uh, really, on the uh, um, no no comments really on the uh, website. It was mostly just welcome back. So that was nice. Thank you. I I'm happy to be back again because I could, mostly because I can breathe, which is awesome. I love the ability to breathe. A uh, thing that I I didn't think I would um be missing but uh being short of breath sucks <laughs> but um yeah no it doesn't look like it yeah it looks like uh no uh, just a welcome back and that's pretty much it i'm gonna check real quick and i should have done this at a time but i don't because i'm on the fly i am spontaneous i am an i am a moron uh so let's see if you have any voicemail and no texts which is fine, and no voicemails, which is also fine. Um, oh, I am part of a weird group text. <laughs> oh, this is weird. I am a part of a weird group text. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know who any of these people are. Wow. No, sorry, guys. I'm fascinated by the fact that um, there's a bunch of people who are, who, I don't know, for some reason have added me to this group text. I'm not going to talk about it because I feel like, you know, it's personal information because there's like pictures and, and, and a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, more power to y'all. Thanks for adding me to that. <laughs> Uh, weird. And let's see. No good voicemails. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. OFSshow at gmail.com. 347-450-4335 is the number. At AKA the other guy is the, what is the uh, social medias. Uh, sarcasm.net is the website. You guys are, all, are, are amazing for continuing to listen. Uh, it's nice to see that for some reason, more and more that there are a few more people listening, um, more power to you guys. Uh, I'm just a voice, a weird little voice on online that uh, says weird stuff, and I uh, I appreciate the people who, <laughs> for some reason, like to continue downloading the show and and, and joining me on this adventure. So um, much love to you all. Uh, another show next week. Until then, take care of each other. Be cool. Uh, stay safe and know that no matter what, even if I'm just a virtual voice on a podcast, you have a friend in me. Talk to you all next time. Bye, everyone.